You're listening to the Technically Confident Podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. This is the podcast for the ambitious woman in tech who wants more and is willing to do what it takes to make it happen. I'm going to give you all of the tips, methods, and strategies you need to remove self-doubt, get over your fears, and build the confidence you need to live the life of your dreams and reach your highest potential. So strap in, enjoy the ride, and let's go get you everything that you deserve. Lizzie, welcome to the show. So today, everyone, we have Lizzie Jackson Barrett. Lizzie is a confidence expert and a best-selling author, a TEDx speaker, and a proudly bold woman. She knows from experience how increasing confidence can transform your life, often in ways that you've never imagined. Lizzie is fearlessly focused on empowering others to build the confidence they need to achieve their full, extraordinary potential in business and beyond. So Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. We're very, very excited. And I'd love to start, if you could just please give us a little bit, how did you get to where you are today? You know, doing what you're doing, being such an expert in confidence, where did it all begin and how did you get here? I'm just so grateful that I lost my hair five years ago because without that, I definitely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So five years ago, it was 2017 and I had just qualified as a coach after doing a two-year postgraduate diploma in um, careers coaching, actually, is what I was sort of studying to do. And I graduated and I set up a coaching business, not really quite sure where I was focusing and who I was helping and what sort of coaching I wanted to specialise in, but sort of maybe just general life coaching and helping women a bit with sort of body image and things like that. But I didn't really quite know where I was going. And then a few months after that, I turned 40. And while I was getting ready for my 40th birthday party, I found my first bald patch. And I had a diagnosis of alopecia that came Mm. very soon after that. And within two months of finding that patch, I had lost all my hair. And I guess like any woman, any person really going through that, it was a really, really tough few months that followed. I went to quite a dark place, I guess, where I was very low, very depressed. Couldn't really see much of a, a future for myself. I had you know, spent about 30 years, like every other woman I know pretty much, kind of buying into the idea that my appearance somehow determined my worth and that there is this, you know, one way that women are supposed to try to look and that I had to give up on that because I'd never looked like that anymore. And then had this kind of epiphany moment where I realised, well, actually, if I'm never going to look like that, that means I'm allowed to stop trying to look like that. And maybe I could put that energy into learning to love myself the way I am rather than trying to change myself. And it all sounds maybe a little bit um, trite now, but it really was this moment of understanding what it really meant to want to work on kind of loving who I am rather than being someone different. And that's how I started to find my own confidence in really showing up in the world as a as a fat bald woman and being perfectly okay with that and feeling good about who people saw when they looked at me rather than worrying all the time. And I started to see that actually maybe this was where I wanted to, to take my coaching work. And so I began calling myself a body confidence coach. And I found that I was getting a lot of clients who were business owners. I was meeting them at networking meetings and they were coming to me for body confidence. And what I started to see was this link between 
body confidence and confidence in their businesses. So their businesses were suffering because they were worrying about how they looked. They were worrying that people, like, they couldn't stand up at a networking meeting and deliver a pitch because people would be worrying about the size of their tummies. Or they couldn't yeah. get visible online and do you know, Facebook Lives because you know, they had, a, had bad skin. You know, whatever it was, right. it was actually really affecting their businesses. And then I began to see all these other parts of this kind of confidence puzzle that came together. So the confidence to you know, charge what they were worth and the confidence to communicate their brilliance and the confidence to be seen on camera and all these things we need as business owners to be confident in in order to be successful. So I stopped calling myself a body confidence coach and just a confidence coach. And then I made the transition from calling myself coach to expert because I realized coaching is the main part of what I do, but it's not the only part. I wrote a body confidence book that became a bestseller. I started working as a speaker. I've done two TEDx mm -hmm. talks now and I, I speak at a number of places about what I do. And so I kind of put all those things together. And actually now I focus very much on helping entrepreneurs, business owners, and people in, in corporate settings to utilize confidence as a strategic tool for growing their businesses and, and kind of fast tracking themselves towards their goals. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell of how I went from this slightly lost, newly qualified coach to what I'm doing now. And thank God I lost my hair, otherwise it would have happened. <laughs> wow. I mean, what a story, you know, and what a journey that you've been on. And so many things that you, you've said there not only resonate with me, but I know for a fact that they will resonate with the listeners to this podcast as well, because... You know, I think one of the links that you made there was this link between appearance and, and worth. And I think, you know, so much specifically for, for women in tech, as we go through, you know, our corporate careers and even as business owners, it really holds us back, you know, in terms of reaching our, our full potential and really moving forward with, with what we want to do. And so... With that in mind, you know, and we'll get into, I'd love to ask you some about some of the kind of specifics of, of how you coach people as well. But I think from your perspective, how can someone, if they're struggling with the way that maybe they look at the minute or feeling like they are, are not quite good enough in their appearance, how, how does someone start working towards overcoming that? I think the most important thing that we can do when it comes to improving our body confidence is to start really listening to the words and the language we use to describe ourselves mm. on a daily basis. And whether that's the things we tell ourselves or the things we tell other people, the more we can train ourselves to use positive language about ourselves, mm. the more we start to believe that. So there are loads of things we can do, but that for me is the most important one. So my first TEDx talk was about being able to kind of own the identity of beautiful, no matter what you look like. And it was about really how I made a conscious decision to start calling myself beautiful way before I felt it and how hard that was to do and how uncomfortable at times. But I was determined I was going to stop putting myself down, making self-deprecating jokes about being fat, about trying to preempt what I assumed everyone else must be thinking. So I'd better say it first. Actually, I started to see really what an effect that was having on my kids who listened to me 
being mean about myself constantly. And that was really what prompted me to go, I'm going to stop doing this. I want my kids to hear me saying nice things about myself, even if I don't really feel it. And the more I said it, the more I started to believe it. And actually, the more I said it, the more I found other people just started to describe me as beautiful and and use these Mm -hmm. wonderful words about me. So that's the first thing and the most important thing. And it's not easy. It's really not easy. But for anyone who is serious about wanting to improve their body confidence, there isn't a better starting point than that. Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, I think it's what you say about not being easy is absolutely true. But the more we do it, the more comfortable we get with it. At first, we find it very odd, don't we? It's sort of a, a strange thing to be saying to ourselves when we've we've spoken about something in a very different way for such a long time but but over time it does you know it does become more normalized and then I love what you said about the more you believed it the more everyone else believed it and the more it became you know a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy in a way for you and I think that's incredible you know we really sort of start reflecting back what we believe about ourselves and it becomes true in our reality. And, and I love that starting with being very careful about what we say to ourselves. And I think as well, to your point, you know, we don't, that takes a degree of self-awareness as well. And we have to stop and actually realize what we are saying to ourselves sometimes, because it's such an unconscious narrative that we will be saying things and we don't realize they're so detrimental to our confidence. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, before we change what we say about ourselves, you're absolutely right. We need to listen to ourselves. Um, A really good example is how many business owners do you see, and especially women in business, who will do this great thing we all need to be doing with visibility and doing our Facebook lives and doing our reels. And the first words out of their mouth are, sorry, excuse my hair. I haven't had a chance to do it today. Or sorry, please ignore the fact (laughs) that I put my makeup on. It's the first words out of their mouth so often. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing we need to pick ourselves up on to go, why am I doing that? I don't need to make an apology for my appearance before I say the things I'm here to say. So yes, that's hard. It's a hard thing to change, but I'm guess living proof that we can do it. <laughs> yeah, precisely. And, and it is hard, but actually how much do people love authenticity? So if we can get to a place where we can own that, people will resonate with us much more and we build those relationships much quicker both in terms of our business and also in terms of corporate as well. So, you know, a lot of the listeners to this this podcast are within the corporate space. So what I love to try and help them with is if we think specifically about situations within the corporate world. So the average woman listening to this podcast is, you know, a, a very ambitious career woman in tech, generally works within, you know, a high pressure, often very male dominated environment often, you know, faces a lot of different pressures, like we've just mentioned in terms of body image and low self-worth and not quite feeling like they are able to take the action that they need towards promotions and speaking up at work, for example. So Lizzie, in your experience, is there a method or a framework that you specifically use to help people build confidence in, in those types of situations? Yes, there is. And I use it with almost everyone I ever work with. It's a method that came about after I really reflected long and hard on kind of my own journey that I'd been on and asked myself, how did that happen? How did I go from being too scared to put the bins out without wearing a hat to, you know, standing on a stage in front (laughs) of hundreds of people delivering a talk and forgetting I look different from anyone else? And, Mm -hmm. And I realized there had been a process and I broke it down and realized that 
Although for me, it had been a process of kind of body confidence and, and around losing my hair. Actually, it could be applied to anyone for anything. Very neatly, because I love a little bit of alliteration. They all <laughs> five steps that begin with C. They all begin with C, which is lovely. Right. Um, and actually, confidence is one of the C's, but it's not the one that we're aiming for. So the first thing I think is really important for, for my process is to understand that confidence is actually part of the journey rather than the destination that we're, en- we're aiming for. So mm-hmm. the main C that I talk about is comfort zones. I think I have quite an unusual perspective on comfort zones because there is this kind of received wisdom in kind of, the, you know, the world that we work in, the comfort zones are bad places. And if you spend too long in your comfort zone, you're never going to make progress and you're never going to succeed. And, and all the most successful people, they get out of their comfort zones. And, and actually, in my experience, I think comfort zones are where we perform at our best. When we are fully comfortable and fully, you know, there's no anxiety, there's no imposter syndrome. We, we know we've got this, this is fine. That's when we show up as the giving the best of ourselves. And so for me... I think the secret is not for us to be constantly pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones. It's to be expanding our comfort zones to include all those things that are currently maybe feel a bit scary. And so when I work with anybody, whether it's in a group or one-to-one, the first step is to identify within the chosen area that we're working on, what are you currently comfortable doing and what things are outside your comfort zone that you would be doing if you were more confident. So the two are hand in hand. And mm-hmm. It's really important to focus on that doing rather than the feeling, because although feelings are massively important, they are very intangible. Like, how do you work to achieve feeling? Right. Yeah. However, yeah. if you focus on the doing, what would I be doing if I was more confident mm-hmm. that's currently outside my comfort zone? Then you've got something you're working towards. So that's the first step. The second C is courage. And so that is kind of the opposite of the kind of feel the fear and do it anyway mentality. It's actually a much more measured, what things can I put in place that will help this thing feel a bit bit less scary? The thing that's outside my comfort zone that I want to do, what would give me more courage? Is it that I need to learn some more more stuff that will make me feel more equipped to do it? Is it that I need an accountability partner, some friends to cheer me on, a, a tangible reward at the end? You know, whatever it is that will make me feel... I can do this. I use mm-hmm. the example of the first time I ever shared a bald photo on Facebook. <laughs> okay. And to give myself courage, I asked my friends to be ready with nice comments. And I put a filter on the picture. Yeah. Um, and then we do that thing. And because we put the, the steps in place to give us courage, yes, it still feels a bit scary, but it's not as hard as it would have been. And we do it again and do it again until we reach the next C, which is competence. That means mm-hmm. we know that... We didn't need to be so worried. This is fine. We've got this. Competence then leads quite quickly to confidence, which really is kind of just the absence of all of those worries and the what ifs and everything that generally holds us back. And then confidence is that last step towards the final outcome, which is a bigger comfort zone, which now includes the thing that scared us once. And instead, it's not. It's perfectly comfortable. We're fine doing this. And we can now look to the next thing that's outside our comfort zone and repeat the process. So so that's how it works with everyone that I work with. Sometimes it's done in that very structured, let's work through the five C's. Sometimes it works better to to kind of do it in a looser way, just having that as a structure in the background. But Mm -hmm. yeah, and it all came from me working out how did I find my confidence after (laughs) my hair. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love that. And it's like, it sounds like an amazing framework, an amazing loop so that once you work your way outside of that, a little bit further outside of your comfort zone. And I love how you describe that as as really leveraging that as your, not just a, a place of comfort that, you know, you shouldn't be working outside of, but that place of where it's like, you're almost in flow. And that's such a wonderful place to be. And of course, it makes absolute sense what you're saying. Like, why would we not want to spend as much time as possible there? And then, of course, we want to move outside of that. But how do we do that in a safe way? And I I love that framework so much. And that loop of constantly bringing ourselves back to this ever slightly expanded comfort zone where everything feels great to then in a very safe way to be able to push outside of that. And I imagine over time, over a period of a few months or years or whatever that is, that can expand exponentially without you really feeling wildly uncomfortable at all. Because, and I'd love to hear your experience on this, but, you know, for me, one of the the hardest things for people or one of the things that people struggle with the most when they they come to me and or talk about confidence is that they're worried that if they're trying to work on their confidence, then they have to then be in these uncomfortable, embarrassing, awkward situations all the time to get there. But I love that you're saying that, no, you don't have to do that. And I, I agree with you, you don't. But I, yeah, I just absolutely love that framework. Yeah, thank you. And you're absolutely right that it can just grow and grow and grow because what we then generally find happens is that, so I normally do this kind of by drawing it in circles. So there's a circle that's kind of in the middle of a sheet of paper that is your current comfort zone. And then a circle outside Mm -hmm. that, which is, you know, everything you would love to be doing. And what we find is as you start to do more and more things in that outer circle and your inner comfort zone is growing, all these new things come into into view in a further out circle than before that you never would have dreamed of even thinking of when I say, what would you do if you were more confident that first time round? So, you know, again, to go back to my example, in my if I had done this exercise when I first lost my hair, in my outer circle, it would have been things like sharing a bald photo on Facebook. It never would have occurred to me um, to say, well, if I was more confident, I would you know, stand on stage with no hair and deliver a talk about what I've learned about alopecia to you know, 500 people. That wouldn't have even crossed my mind. But <laughs> yes. once I had started to be more comfortable with people seeing me with no hair, I could then go, oh, actually, I think there's more that I would do. And so this outer circle keeps growing and growing and offering more and more opportunities and possibility for the growth. And it's, um, like you say, just a really safe way of doing it without constantly having to push ourselves into these states of high anxiety that that I think we'll get told is is the mark of a truly successful business person. And actually, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. And thank goodness, because wouldn't that just be an awful place to be all the time, (laughs) living in that state? Completely. No wonder so many people in business kind of burn out, the really successful people who have bought into this story no wonder they get to this point where they just burn out because if you believe that's your, your the path to success to constantly keep yourself in that state of high anxiety and feeling uncomfortable with everything you're doing I don't think I'd last very long so I'm not surprised other people don't yeah absolutely and actually now you've said that Lizzie I just had a bit of a, an epiphany moment because that's exactly what happened to me <laughs> in corporate Um, so yeah, I was operating from this very masculine, very do, do, do energy all the time. 
constantly overachieving. And that happened to me. I had a terrible burnout. You know, and I talk about this, it was it was due to my lack of confidence. But now you mention it, it was also due to the the fact that I constantly thought in order to improve actually or be seen or whatever it was that I would have to always be in that overachieving anxious state um yes. and wow yeah really that that hit something with me thank you yeah <laughs> I think sometimes um, we do have these moments don't we where we go oh uh, yeah I think that's what's been happening and it changed it, it yeah. really helps us to move forward in our growth in a way that that works for us when we realize uh, okay yes that's what I've that's where I've been going wrong this is what I want to do differently and I think in terms of what else is happening a lot, I think in, in kind of the corporate space, and you probably find the same thing, is that for a lot of kind of corporate leaders, their way of dealing with team members who are lacking in confidence is to tell them to be confident. Um, <laughs> to say, you know, to say things like, you know, I just want you to go out there and believe in yourself. I just want you to be a bit more confident. And there's not many people like me and you who are saying, no, actually... It doesn't work like that. Confidence is a learnable skill and it takes time and we need to, you know, work on it. But there is a process and you can get there. Just no, you know, no amount of inspirational memes and and quotes are going to do it. You you know, shouting at someone, just be confident, (laughs) isn't going to make them confident. In fact, it can have the opposite effect because then you start to question, well, you know, I know I need to be confident. He's telling me to be confident. What am I doing wrong? And and it can actually have the opposite effect to what those corporate leaders intended to do. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good point. It can actually have a detrimental effect. And yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if someone could just tell us to be confident and then instantly we could be, you know, like, <laughs> yes, thank exactly. you. Like, it's like we haven't been trying that the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes use the analogy that it's a bit like telling an asthmatic to just try and breathe better. Yeah, right. there are things you can do to help if you've got asthma. You can learn, you can experiment to find the right inhaler, and you can you know build up your exercise in the right way, whatever it is. But a doctor who just says, "Look, just breathe a bit better. Can you do that for me?" You know, we wouldn't dream of that. So it works in exactly yeah. the same way, I think. Yeah, I love that. So on that note, Lizzie, in terms of supporting organisations with with building the confidence skills of their people and their teams. What are some of the key benefits for organisations then for building confident people? The main thing is that when an organisation invests in true confidence building for the people in that in that organisation, what it actually does is it supercharges every investment they've made in their people up to then. Mm-hmm. Because what can happen a lot is that the leaders of, of you know those teams might work actually really hard to try to help those teams. They really, you know, there's a a big shift towards wanting to really support people with their mental health, with their personal and professional development. It's not that these leaders aren't caring about them. So they might say, well, I can see that they're really struggling in their sales course. So I'm going to send them on this course to help them learn more about the skills of having an effective sales call. And then being really frustrated that they're not seeing that kind of ROI that they'd hoped for. And the missing piece is that their their people know in theory how to have a great sales call, but without the personal confidence to put that into place fully and really utilize it, actually the organization isn't seeing the benefits they'd hoped for. And so they're equipping their people with these brilliant skills and knowledge and everything that we need to be successful. Mm-hmm. And when I come in and really equip them with the the confidence to put it into practice truly, you know, to its full potential, 
that's when the organisations see the, the full benefit of everything they've put into place up to that point to help their people to kind of do everything that, you know, the way that they, they would want to be doing it. The leaders that I've spoken to about this, the team leaders and the corporate leaders, it's often that kind of light bulb moment where they go, oh, of course, of course that's what it is. Yeah. I didn't need to go on another course to learn about spreadsheets or whatever it is. They <laughs> yeah. need a boost of confidence so they know that they, they don't have to be scared of spreadsheets or, yeah. Yeah. Right, or, or whatever it is. Specifically spreadsheets. I might be my inner fear of spreadsheets <laughs> coming out here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you're so right. And first of all, you know, I love the fact that you are linking it to the sort of realization of ROI. Cause I think that will really hits with corporate leaders because Mm. let's face it, that's what we are trying to achieve. And so I think that's incredibly important to realize that actually this is the missing link because the way I look at things from a very similar angle, but in a slightly different space. So I generally work with the angle of the organizations that I work with are really trying to increase, you know, the amount of women in STEM, the number of women in STEM that stay within technology companies and all of that good stuff. And, and what I say to them is it's it's two sides of the same coin. It doesn't matter how many policies you put in place, how many training courses you put people on, like you were saying, if people don't have the confidence to then step up, realize their worth in that environment, then it's a pointless sort of endeavor they're almost wasting money because there's only so much skills development you can do without the confidence and personal development side of things. So, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the the corporate leaders also really like this because it really encourages people to take ownership of their own development in a very meaningful way. So when I ask these questions about what would you be doing if you were more confident and people really kind of delve deep into what that would be, If they say, for example, I would be making more sales calls in a day because I wouldn't be kind of doubting myself and I wouldn't be avoiding certain clients because I find them intimidating or whatever it is, that enables them to really think, well, what do I actually need to happen in order to feel okay with this? Do I need something from my manager? Do I need something from my colleagues? Is there a book I need to read? Whatever it is. And so I think that is very appealing as well to the people who run these organisations to know that their team members are really taking responsibility for doing this in a way that makes them as individuals feel great about themselves. But clearly the organisation benefits um, as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And so Lizzie, I'm just going to ask you one final question, if that's okay. Um, And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Because people always ask me, <laughs> so I'm interested to hear other people's opinions on okay, it. Okay, I'm intrigued. And yeah, no, it's that we've talked about the process for building confidence from your perspective that obviously works incredibly well. And then also as well, you know, what people ask me is like, yeah, that's great. Over time, we really want to work on our confidence. We really want to build this and that's great. Applying these models work really well. But what I also get asked as well is, are there any tools that I can apply in the moment to make me feel more confident. So for example, you know, if I am called to speak in a meeting, I'm not prepared, or I have to go and speak to a client or do something very quickly where I need a little boost. Is there anything, any advice that you can give to someone in that situation? I think that there's probably two things that come to mind. The first thing is a reminder that we generally set ourselves higher standards than anyone else is setting us. 
So we're wired, as I know that you will know, our brains are wired to really notice the stuff we do wrong. It's that negative bias that puts so much more emphasis on anything kind of negative or even neutral than positive things. So we could stand up in a, a meeting and, and deliver a pitch and stumble over one sentence and the, re- the other half an hour has been perfect. And it's that one sentence that we'll keep replaying over and over in yeah. our, our minds. Mm-hmm. And so just to really give ourselves that very solid reminder that the other people who are here are not putting the same pressure on me as I'm putting on myself. Imperfect is okay. Imperfect isn't failure. And to just kind of keep reminding ourselves of that very important point that it's okay for us to make some mistakes and you know we're human and that's okay and then I think the other little trick that sometimes works for people is it really comes from the perspective that I think underpinning almost any confidence challenge I've ever worked with anyone on is the worry of what other people will think no matter what that confidence issue is and so to ask yourself well actually what do I think because if we think, well, you know, people might might judge me because I, I got this thing wrong or people might look at me and think, who does she think she is, you know, showing up looking like that or you know, whatever it is we're telling ourselves, whatever story, if we just stop and go, if I was seeing somebody else in my situation, what would I think? Yeah. And generally the answer is, well, I wouldn't think anything bad about them. I'd probably you know, be impressed that they've shown up or that I would kind of have sympathy because things haven't quite gone their way and that would make me want to support them a bit or, you know, whatever it is. So asking ourselves that question can just be a really helpful way of quickly reframing something in the moment, not getting sucked down into this spiral of convincing ourselves that everybody in the room thinks that we're useless because actually they don't. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I, I love that. And there's like, what I got from that was, this process of reframing the narrative around it and then also asking ourselves better questions that really support the answer that we want to hear from them. So I absolutely love that. Thank you. That's amazing. So, but well, thank you so much for your time today. I know that this has been incredibly beneficial for me on a personal level, so selfishly, thank you. But also I know that a lot of people listening to this will take some really great nuggets from this. So thank you very much. So finally, before we leave today, where can people find you if they want to know more about you? I am on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook just by searching for my name. So Instagram and Facebook, it's just um, Lizzie Jackson Barrett, all one word. And on LinkedIn, it's just my name, Lizzie Jackson Barrett. I don't go near Twitter. I think Twitter is a horrible place, so you won't find me there. (laughs) And my website is lizziejacksonbarrett.com. So as long as you remember my name, you'll find me. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Easy peasy. Good stuff. Exactly. Amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. It's been a pleasure. And I'm really excited to yeah keep following you and see see how your journey progresses in this space because I know it's going to be absolutely incredible. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Technically Confident podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. If you'd like to get your hands on my incredible and absolutely free 100 resources to empower women in tech guide, which by the way, is packed to the brim with all of the top networks, events, podcasts and books, oh, and influencers you need to follow right now, then all you need to do is go to charlottefuller.com and click the link at the top of the page. Or you can just use the link in the show notes. Super, super simple. I look forward to seeing you next time. All my love and confidence, Charlotte.